yeah, I've been DJing for 10 years, and I'm finally starting to think that I'm starting to, like, really break through with mm -hmm. some of, uh, I'm starting to cross some things off the list that I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just a matter of staying patient and hungry mm -hmm. and doing the little things in the meantime until those big opportunities arise so you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. What's up everyone thanks for tuning in to one degree separation again it's me veej your host on this episode we have dj agana by way of the bay the other week we had a crazy weekend to say the least between the partying the heat the tequila shots just and i have found some time to record this podcast he had hit me a few weeks prior saying that he wanted to speak on something he cares very deeply about uh, music and djing in our talk, you can hear him talk about how important it is to, in like any craft, to pay your dues and not to cut corners, whether you're just starting out or you've been doing it for a while. Uh, I hope you can pick up something from this, whether it be some technical gems or some additional business sense, you know, that we may all need here and there. I guess enough of this intro. Welcome to One Degree Separation. Enjoy. What's good, y'all? It's uh, Veej, back again for One Degree Separation. Today, we have Justin, DJ at Ghana. You might have heard of him. Uh, we're here at Jeff's, Jeff Burnett's crib, you know, in the in the stew. Name drop. Name drop, you know, <laughs> uh, light flex. You know? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. After a crazy night last night, you know, it was, it was kind of wild. Um, but we, we back, we good. Um, yeah, let's get this thing started. So... Tell the people who you are, uh, how we met, all that. Yeah. What's good, everyone? My name is Justin. Mm -hmm. um, from the Bay Area. I'm 26 years old, and uh, I've been DJing for... Bro, this is my 10th year as a DJ. Damn. So I've been DJing since I was 16. You put your 10,000 uh, 10, hours in? <laughs> probably, <hour>. bro. <laughs> to be honest with you, I probably have... Yeah. Damn near. And it's like you, you know how to DJ on like the turntable too, right? Like, uh, and it's not just on the controller and all that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So I started DJing what 2008, and um, uh, my cousins kind of put me on to DJing. Mm -hmm. and they used uh, like techniques, turntables, mm -hmm. and kind of just learned from them. I would uh, just go to their Anytime they had a like a house party yeah. or like a like they DJ like a prom or a school dance, I would just like roll with them and kind of be their their roll dog, like uh -huh. helping set up equipment and all that, and just kind of like being a fly on the wall. Anytime they spun, I just like took note, like mental notes and all that, uh -huh. and then, um, I started doing house parties with them. Yeah, just like house parties all around the bay. Kind of picked it up on my own from there, and then uh, shoot, just started started. Uh, putting out mixes maybe like around 2010 mm -hmm. some of them started taking off and then next thing i know just getting like shows and shit <laughs> that was a and that was on tumblr right mm -hmm. what I'm yeah so around 2010 uh it's actually it's a pretty, pretty good story yeah um, no, yeah tell the story for sure i put out a mix um and then the first song was a remix that esta did uh -huh. uh, for one of Jeff's songs. Uh -huh. I forgot how I heard from it. It was probably on Tumblr. Uh -huh. LA songs tight. And I've never really. I, before I recorded that mix, I would just like mess around with uh, just like in my room, like mixing songs. I was like, I should re record one of these one day and just put it out there just to see what happens. Uh -huh. I made this, I made that mix. It was about like a 20 minute mix, uh -huh. and then I sent it to Jeff because I was already a, a big fan of him. Yeah, yeah, y'all weren't friends yet? No, not at all. Um, and I didn't know Esther either. Mm -hmm. And then um, I sent it to him. I woke up with like hella notifications. <laughs> like straight up like, oh, what the fuck happened? Uh -huh. And yeah, Jeff reblogged it. And that's how we got connected. That's how I got connected to both Jeff and Esther. Uh -huh. 
and we just since then we just kept in contact and all that and, and it's just it's crazy to, to think about it like that was eight years ago <laughs> all like hella close homies and shit yeah i saw uh, i saw john he posted this old photo or something like he's going through some hella old photos of like some two nice stuff or whatever oh. See, like, everybody got like chubby faces and bro all that. I, was, <laughs> I was pretty big back then, bro, not gonna lie. i was like damn this shit rolls deep because mm-hmm. i don't know who i met first i think i met i met mikey at a at a, a new parish or something at some show and i was like dude like yeah I hella know who you are. I listen to like some of your old music and shit. Yeah. And then come to find out he's like a barber and I needed a barber. And then that's how I connected oh, with yeah. him. Cause dude, I didn't have any like, <clears throat> I didn't have any like Asian friends like when I was in the Bay. Like uh, not until like a year before I left. Yeah, man. And that's when I met all y'all. Uh, I think I just met everybody. Like eventually everybody started like kicking it together. You yeah, know? bro. If you ever need a fresh cut, just find where the Filipinos are yeah, at. Yeah, dog. <laughs> Nah, he took care of me for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was like a chance encounter at New Parish. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, I think I was just drunk enough to say something. And then hella people were there. And I, I met a bunch of those uh, those two night cats and shit. Yeah. That shit, that shit is tight. Y'all, y'all, y'all are deep as fuck. Dude. So, yeah. So, yeah, to go off of that, after I released that mix, we just kept in contact. And we would all just be releasing, like, mixes or remixes and singles. Uh-huh. So... I still specifically remember the timeline. So I, I dropped that that one mix uh, that I sent to Jeff. It was in January. Uh-huh. Kept in contact. And then June, by that June later that year, we, we all actually met up for the first time. Like a Tumblr meet <laughs> I mean, you could call it that, but yeah. it was just like we were already had like hella homies. It was like, yo, let's just meet up. Because mm. at the time, Jeff still lived in Reno. Mm. Estet lived in SoCal. Like... Temecula. Yeah, I was still in the bay. Uh-huh. We all just like planned and like let's just fucking kick it. Uh-huh. We went to Disneyland. That's tight as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first hangout. Yeah, yeah, we went to Disneyland. Then we went. Then we took the trip to San Diego after, and we met up with like hella other homies. Mm-hmm. Well, all like HU guys and all that. Or what, or was that other? Well, they still lived in Reno. Oh, okay. Before well, it was, before it was uh, Michael Carrion. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's who we met up with. Okay. In San Diego. Dang. Wild dude, and we're all still to this day yeah y'all still kick it everybody everybody's still kind of everybody's hella close though but everybody's like just like in different places like physically and in their lives type shit you know yeah. and it's, it's tight to like see that growth because i remember i think i heard you talking about that in uh kaz's podcast so i was kind of curious mm-hmm. just to hear like in person but yeah because everybody's everybody kind of popped off in their own way you know what i'm saying like like, I think that, that was probably, like, pre-Korea Jeff, right? And mm-hmm. then it was, like, pre-Selection, <clears throat> ESTA, yeah. and just pre-everything, you know? Yeah. And then that, what, you, that's, like, what, 10 years later, maybe? Or, like, a little less than 10 years? Yeah. Well, yeah, again, we, we met in 2010. It's almost. Then, and, but, yeah, I know Jeff was already making music before 2010. And then I didn't really start putting stuff out uh-huh. until that year. And then... It was cool. Like, I remember starting to get like more bookings after the more I started releasing mixes, uh-huh. and then like I, I started doing like my own. Well, I, I, yeah, I started getting booked like for like school proms. Uh-huh. I remember one of like my early gigs on my own was a freaking boat cruise. Oh shit. It was tight. I DJed under like the the Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> shit for all these like high school seniors. That shit was tight. I was fresh out of high school too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the more I, the more I released mixes, the more I started uh, developing my own like taste for what for what kind of shows I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like schools and like weddings, like those are fun, but you're still kind of limited to what you, you what you can play especially school dances yeah bro, trying to find all like the clean versions of some uh-huh. of shit. so but it wasn't until i turned 21 and i started like going out mm-hmm. to like other venues like 10 15 and just experiencing like the super open format way of playing mm-hmm. i was like this is, the sh- this is the kind of shit i need to do <laughs> so I, started, I started like tailoring my my mixes and my shows to that to that lane uh-huh. Just so I could, like, get those gigs. And, like, and I feel like a lot that comes with that is picking and choosing and saying no. And, I mean, just kind of, 
not to be like oh this generation type shit but mm -hmm. like this like new wave of like djs or just because i mean i'm just as an observer and like a just person who goes to events and shit like yeah. you, could, you see the same djs like over and over maybe yeah or at these like clubs or like these like i don't know it's you just see them play the same gigs and, mm -hmm. and maybe they play the same sets and all that so is that is, is that maybe something that you're consciously like you consciously avoid just like dang like maybe i should separate this out so i can get some new material or is it more of like just keep keep the appearances low and and, and just like make that demand like what what do you think how, what do you think it is it's a tough call because people i mean some djs or people that want to dj they want to DJ at those kind of clubs mm -hmm. and like play like the top 40s and like hip-hop and all that stuff that's totally fine mm -hmm. um i i I think I, it's hard to say, dude. It's really hard to say, because mm -hmm. I just know, I, I want to be known for a specific type of way of playing, mm -hmm. like with like the music I want. So, when, like say like, say someone wants to book me for like a, a more like Vegas style club yeah. music, like I'll, I'll turn that down because I don't want, I don't want people to know me for, for that. Uh -huh. Like let's say, and I don't want to confuse people too, because if you listen to my mixes, they're way different. The songs that I choose, like they're they're way different from what you would normally hear at like top forty clubs and all that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, I don't want someone to like come out to see me live, like expecting that, and then like they're at they're at a they're at a top forty club uh -huh. or whatever. So I don't I don't want to like confuse people like that. I want to be known for a specific sound. Uh -huh. Um. So I, yeah, I mean. And then another thing, people just be taking the gigs for money too, which is totally. I mean, it's fine if like you need like your bills paid and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I try to not let money be the deciding factor in my shows. Mm -hmm. I just I really want people to appreciate me for 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 that for that sound that I'm trying to like portray. Mm -hmm. yeah. Side note: What's on your rider? Oh, I don't have a writer. You don't have a writer? What would be on your writer then? <laughs> I'm sure you thought about it. <laughs> Fiji water. <laughs> Fat case of Fiji water. Um, what else, man? I've been doing some like rappers and shit. They, they'd be asking for like socks and condoms and gum and shit like that. Oh, dang. Yeah, you can, you can literally have anything on That's that. That's true, huh? Yeah, I never really thought about it. Socks? Yeah. Hey. White in a pack of white tees or something. I don't know <laughs> towels and shit. Yeah. You know anything can happen. Towels, silk robes, <laughs> satin do rags, bro. That'd be lit. That'd be fly. That'd be fly, <laughs> dude. That'd be fly. <laughs> but uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so you got you got that series with Azure. How'd you, how'd y'all link up for the, for shit like that? Cause you guys you oh, throw a party in it. Oakland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. He, we're both from uh, the same town, Pinole. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was in the same class as my my cousin, mm -hmm. like my first cousin. So every time I would be at her place kicking it, um, he would show up sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this is when I was still in like like eighth grade when I met him. Mm -hmm. And then I knew he was in he was in a, a rap group. Uh, cable car stars. And that was like, that's super old. That's like MySpace. Days, that sounds bro. like the real Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was tight, bro. Yeah. And I knew he rapped. And then we just kind of kept in touch. And then he didn't know I actually DJed until later. He, I remember him telling me the story, like, because he, he was on Tumblr Tough too. Mm -hmm. And then he saw like one of my mixes, like, posted. And he was like, oh shit, I know that fool. <laughs> and then um, he started DJing too after high school, mm -hmm. I think. I don't know if he started DJing after high school, but like, uh, eventually he became Sue's DJ, right? Yeah. And he, I don't know if he's more heavy on the production than DJing now, but no, yeah, he'd be doing everything, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I just kept kept in touch. It's like one of my OG homies, and then eventually we were just like, yeah, let's just try to collab on a mix. Mm -hmm. I've never done that before. Yeah. Collab on the mix. It's actually harder than people would expect. What, what what goes into a process like that? Because I mean, is that like Sometimes there's like too many cooks in the kitchen already, you know what I'm saying? Like how, how, how does um, that work? How we did it was yeah. like we would meet up at a studio or whatever and uh, I would just show him the songs that I kind of put in a crate already. Uh -huh. 
and then he would uh, he would go off that, uh -huh. but like add his own spin to it too. It was almost like a almost like a back to back set, but just like as a mix. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. And it just worked out. But I mean, it's not as smooth as we we would like it, but we make it work. Uh -huh. And like, there's a lot of thought that goes into it, and uh, not even just the recording process, but the the promo work. Yeah, like doing like the photo shoots and like doing the getting the artwork done and thinking of the concepts for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys even do like the interludes and shit. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, skits and all that. Yeah. Too. yeah, see, that's that's another thing. Like we try to do, we try to add our personality to mixes mm -hmm. because there's such a oversaturation of mixes on on SoundCloud and all that. Yeah, like how do you separate yourself? You could apply that to DJ too. I try to put my personality out there as much as I can because mm -hmm. it's it's hard to separate yourself as a DJ. Yeah. And um, especially if you don't produce, like I, I can produce, but it's just one of those things I haven't really just sat down and was like, yo, I need to really get down on this producing shit. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, yeah, it's hard to stand out as a, as a straight up just DJ, uh -huh. especially if you're a male DJ and that's like no diss to female DJs either. It's mm -hmm. just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's hard to stand out as a male DJ. So. I just try to put my personality there as much as I can because mm -hmm. I feel like that does come back full circle when people want to book you. I mean, you. I mean, personality-wise, you're heavy on Twitter and shit. So I mean, I, I think that helps a lot. Heavy on Twitter, tough. You bro. know what I mean? It's fit for app of all time. <laughs> I think it helps that uh, you you inject your sense of humor in that you're not too like Always, big, big flex or or be too nah, serious. Man, and shit. I try not to be too. I, I could be serious sometimes on Twitter, but I, it's a balance. Yeah. It's a balance. <laughs> <laughs> no, you be good. You be good with the timing on your tweets and shit. You, know, you don't. You don't tweet a lot, but like when you do tweet, like it. it yeah, it's I hit him with the shotguns, bro. Like, <laughs> out of nowhere, <laughs> the tact, the tactical shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Strategic, strategic <laughs> words, bro. <laughs> so how many how many mixes in are you now? Like solo, and then with Justin. That's tough, bro. I remember there's just one one mix that I always listen to. I forgot what it was called. It was just like the picture of a girl on it. Like Oh Mad Flavor? Yeah, I have that one. Yeah. It was funny. I had the, the, I always remember it because uh there's this girl, there was a girl I was seeing and I, I sent it to her. I was like, hey, like, I like I was listening to this mix uh -huh. and this photo looks kinda like you. And she's like, wait, are you saying I'm like hot right now? And I was like, yeah. Hey, like, hey, and I was like, hey. <laughs> she was into it. I was like, <laughs> like hey, Justin, be helping me out on the low and Bro, shit. You don't know how many times I still be getting messages from people that are like, yo. I be smashing to your mixes all the time. <laughs> Shout outs to you, man. like the ultimate wingman. I mean, that's a that's a good compliment. That's a good. That's a heavy compliment. Oh, I'm, I'm here like, for the people. Dog. You can't just play anything. I'm here for the saying? people. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I probably say at least, <sighs> including remixes that I've made, bro. Mm -hmm. Definitely more than like twenty or thirty. Mm -hmm. all together man and it's just it's hard to gauge because i i started releasing mixes before soundcloud was yeah. even really popping like that mm -hmm. if i were to go back i would have uploaded from day one like all my all my mixes but mm -hmm. and then like, another thing is like my first account from soundcloud got deleted so that was a whole bunch of shit that just got removed just like that mm -hmm. but i have everything backed up in like a dropbox file now and then yeah, definitely more. At least thirty, bro. So do you think, you think that pocket of time where Tumblr was cracking and you made these connections mm -hmm. and had the, had the, uh, the mixes uploaded there? Do you think that was just like perfect timing, kind of? Because it's kind of cool wave, bro. Because it's kind of before like SoundCloud, where mm -hmm. you can kind of get lost in like the multitudes of mixes and songs. You know, like on Tumblr, like it was still pretty heavily populated. But if you stuck out, if you got that one major reblog, like. Right. That, yeah. that doesn't happen too often, you know what I'm saying? It was like, Especially for mixes mm -hmm. and music. And it was pre-Twitter too. Shit. Well, not pre-Twitter, but it wasn't as popping as it is now with like people putting out music on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you're right, dude. I kind of caught that Tumblr wave early, and it worked out in my favor because it helped me stand out as a mm -hmm. DJ. I'm not even trying to be on some snob shit like, oh, I was a DJ before I come, like before everyone and shit. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely helps people like recognize my face and, and like want to book me because they uh -huh. know I've, I've been about it for a while and that 
those mixes that I released, like, kind of just separated myself from the pack, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm taking advantage of it as much as I can, but I don't want to just rely on, just rely on, on that. I want to just keep pushing forward, you know what I mean? So how, do, how, would, how does a DJ push forward in this, like, day and age? Cause, I mean, SoundCloud, it's kind of, I don't know, tough, I, right? I feel like it's kind of losing its relevancy. Like, you yeah. kind of have to figure out what what's next and like i don't think anybody knows what that is but do you think do you think what do you think would be more important like getting pop in releasing mixes or just being uh recognized as like a great live dj like what's more important do you think or do you think they're like equally balanced it, it's equally balanced but it, it's more than just putting material out there man mm -hmm. the, 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 the the older I, I get, the, the more I realize it's, you can't just be good at one thing and expect to pop off off that one thing. You have to like dip your feet in multiple lanes, bro. Mm -hmm. And not only that, uh, big thing is personality. Yeah. Straight up, dude. That's why I try to make my mixes as creative as possible. Try to put my personality on there, my personality on there. That's why I'd be doing those like random skits, yeah. like in, like funny intros or whatever, put my voice on it, mm -hmm. just to put like my stamp on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of just like, you gotta think of ways to catch people's attention, especially in this age where people's attention spans are like so fucking just like depleted. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, personality and try to dip your feet in other lanes. Like, dude, I've been, I've been like on this acting tip I started like okay. this year. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. I, it was it was really random how it happened, but I landed a role in a short film, and mm -hmm. that's been going on for the whole year. Like, just doing a, like meeting up for like rehearsals and and like actual shooting. Like, mm -hmm. dude, I got friggin' like makeup put on me and shit. That shit was tight. <laughs> <laughs> makeup made me feel popping, bro. <laughs> I was like, this is why girls be putting on makeup. <laughs> That's hella funny, you know. Yeah, and I, the way I look at it is that, let's say, like, let's mm -hmm. say, best case scenario, I get popping off as an actor. That shit comes full circle with DJing, dude. Yeah. Like, whether, like, people just see your face in it, or then you'll get booked for other stuff. Like, maybe people just see you have, like, a great personality, so they're like, hey, let me book you for this, uh like TV show, like hosting gig or whatever, or uh -huh. some shit like that. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to dip your, your feet in multiple things, especially if you're trying to be a DJ. I feel, uh -huh. like, I feel like you can't just get popping off just being a DJ. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think recent, as of late, like a lot of the more popping DJs are the ones that kind of are more marketable just because like, yeah, they do put their personality out there. Mm -hmm. And like, I think like corporations or like industries, they like recognize like that. Yeah. that's what's up. like like the them as influencing like their own audiences is super important and like i don't i don't know where i heard it from but it was they talk about live like live music versus like recording artists like you can be a great recording artist but if you can't perform in front of an audience like you know it's you're not as sellable you know like they, they need to sell like stadiums and shit you know yeah. what i'm saying so Very i think true. that kind of translates to djing because I mean, if you go to events and stuff, it's kind of just they're just behind the booth and like you know, it's just it's it's it's, it's it is what it is. And then mm -hmm. outside of it, they just release like pretty like casual mixes and stuff. But yeah, I think that's part of the reason why the I guess quote unquote culture of DJing is pretty saturated right now, whether mm -hmm. or not you want to admit it. It's because it's it's pretty the bear the, the yeah the barrier of entry is pretty low for a DJing. Yeah, it's and, pretty accessible, and, you know. Yeah, and it's. At the end of the day, like let's say you do a show live, right? Uh -huh. And you someone plays like their favorite song, uh -huh. all of a sudden they're the best DJ ever, right? Yeah. It's it's hard to to the casual listener, it's it's hard to like distinguish like who's really like DJing, who's not DJing. Uh -huh. Whereas like you'll know if someone sucks at singing. Uh -huh. You can't fake sing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah, even sometimes autotune can't save you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's easy quote unquote easy to dj compared to a lot of other creative lanes mm -hmm. and but i mean if i were to get stressed about something like that i would be miserable for the rest of my life bro. I th at the end of the day i think it's more uh more than just having like a good taste of music like you're saying like everything has to kind of fit you know you gotta wear the multiple hats 
yeah. kind of show your personality through your music choices, through the way you present the music, yeah. when you play, and how you like interact with crowds. Like you're saying, like <clears throat> like people, like you're a pretty approachable dude. You know what I'm saying? So I think oh, that you, definitely <laughs> that definitely helps. You know, like like uh, like if you saw like a DJ that you want to see, but you like oh like I don't I don't know if I can like. Like Come up to them or yeah, same yeah. Like, oh, bro, I be trying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I make sure to say what's up to everyone and be as approachable as possible. Uh-huh. I, I was never, I'm never really like coming off as a snob or whatever, because I, I'd hate to. That happened to me personally. Yeah, coming up to some people that I look up to, they just kind of blow you off like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not trying to be like. <laughs> there's no reason to be that snob. Like, I, I, I don't get it. Uh-huh. I've always been a friendly dude, mm. even before I started DJing. I've always been like hella goofy. I'm always goofy, bro. Yeah. I could be serious sometimes, but for the, for the most part, I just be hella goofy and cracking jokes all the time. <laughs> all the fucking time. Foshody Foster. Foshody Foster. So, so what would you say? I mean, uh, we talked about DJing, everything you incorporate in DJing. So, what do you think? has contributed almost like the most uh, to like the longevity you said 10 years mm-hmm. like for one you kind of have to be into it because 10 years doing like doing like one thing and mm-hmm. like you're like oh like kind of over like, I what, feel you. so what has uh got kept you committed and also what do you think has uh enabled the longevity in it as a craft and career i guess you know sounds cliche but just the appreciation of music man there's always new music being released there's always old music to be discovered that you haven't really just that you may have just like overlooked Uh i love digging for music dude Mm -hmm. ever since i was in third grade i would be on napster just searching (laughs) hell of music bro yeah napster limewire word of mouth i had a set group of homies growing up that we would just talk about all the new releases mm-hmm. i'd be digging on myspace as a middle schooler and then high school mm-hmm. man i just love digging for music and i think that just contributed and so and then there's certain songs you 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 discover and then you discover other songs from it and it's like oh it has a similar vibe but it's still different i can make mixes out of this mm-hmm. so yeah at the very core level it's just the appreciation of music that keeps me going mm-hmm. and i love spinning live dude mm-hmm. i love controlling the energy of a, of a crowd i love watching people dance i will i love seeing how people react to certain songs mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do is kind of just throw out a bone mm-hmm. like in a set yeah see if they fuck with it and if I know they fuck with this song, they're gonna fuck with these like a bunch of these songs. Yeah. So, and then it's just caked. It's just cake from then, bro. It's it's so fun witnessing people's reactions. Uh-huh. Some advice I give to DJs that do shows live, I try to tell them to engage with the crowd more. Dude. Uh-huh. Some people just be looking at the screen too much or like just looking down, and it, it it's not a it, it's it's easy to get lost. Mm. Um, when you're up there so I try to I, I like to look up every now and then and just like mm-hmm. engage the room and appreciate people that are there to see you right? yeah yeah it's cool yeah because even even when I, I played like the hide and go freak and all that I was just like I feel like the behind the booth is kind of like this protective bubble like mm-hmm. you know like because I get I got I was super nervous and yeah I was just like fuck dude like I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna fuck up so many times and I still need to work on shit. Yeah. But I think, yeah, maybe people like get stuck in that protective bubble and like when they do look up, they get, they're like all that anxiety like comes back, yeah. you know? But I think like the best part about when I was playing was, uh, yeah, seeing people's reactions, like everybody go, hey, like, you know? Yeah. Like, and it might it's not even feeling. be like a mainstream slap. It's just like, it's a, a great old, feeling. Yeah, it's like an old song yeah. or it's like a new song. And I mean, I could see that as being something that kind of, keeps everything fresh like the improvisation you know how like how much of your sets would you say is like improvised because you know like like you're saying you got to read a room like if you have a set set like Mm -hmm. and it's not popping like you need to like you know switch it up up. yeah Yeah. most of it is reading reading the vibe of the room Uh um especially if you're one of the earlier sets Uh people are just like starting to flow in 
You don't want to like knock out the bangers hella early. Yeah. And shit. Like at 9.30. Uh-huh. Dropping like big bank and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I mostly like to wing my sets just to see the vibe of, the, of, of, of see how people are feeling. But I have like a designated crate. Mm. I call it 1015. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you've been putting that in the universe. Huh? Yeah. And, uh, I just call it 1015. Uh-huh. Uh, real Bay Area, Bay Area pedestrians know. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just have a general crate of mm-hmm. all stuff I'd play live, mm-hmm. and then from there, I just read read the crowd. Uh-huh. So it, it's good to wing it, but. Um, yeah, going back to what you're saying, performing, your your body language translates. It's so easy to spot mm-hmm. if if you if you're coming off as nervous, it's gonna like show. Mm-hmm. That's why. I my advice is to just pretending that you're DJing in your room, uh-huh. cause that's what I do. Every time I'm up there doing shows, I'm just in my own like element. Yeah, just pretending like I'm back in my room practicing. Uh-huh. And that shit translates when you're just like super carefree. Yeah. That energy like really radiates throughout the room. Like uh-huh. they see like DJs dance, they'll like want to dance too. Yeah. It translates, bro. <clears throat> okay, so oh, what I've been noticing a lot uh, recently is uh, like DJs coming together, you know, to like form collectives and stuff. Have you have you ever like considered that in the ten years that you DJed and like? Or like what has kept you doing this kind of solo other than working with Azure and all that? Yeah, I mean, I was part of a collective uh, a few years ago. I mean, we're still kind of a collective too now. Uh-huh. It'll always be like just a group of us music homies. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm not like officially part of a collective. And <clears throat> I think till the day where a collective can bring me to the next level is something when I, is when I would consider it. But for now, if I could do it on my own, it's cool with me. What's the What's the next level? Um, just like if a collective can provide me opportunities that I can't get myself, uh-huh. like whether it be like going like organizing a tour, uh-huh. you know what I mean, or being able to, uh, yeah, just being able to play in places that I would have have been able to do it by myself. Uh-huh. Like that's something that could. I'm always trying to push forward so that. I could kind of goes back to that mm-hmm. um, at the same time yeah collectives can be uh, kind of tricky sometimes too mm-hmm. like you said earlier about too many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. and it's hard that's why it's a lot of musicians have egos dude and that's that's fine mm-hmm. kind of be like that it's like that as artists we're all we all have egos whether or not we want to admit it we all have vulnerability we all have like super we all have super detailed opinions about everything dude artists are sensitive as well. yeah dude. real shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. i mean think about it you're putting like your body of work out there for the world to see all the time uh-huh. that's tough it's kind of like being a comedian you know what i mean like you're putting like just hella material out there and just waiting for instant feedback all the time yeah it could be draining yeah <laughs> i mean i, th- I think yeah yeah like like people don't artists don't want to admit it but essentially as an artist what you're doing is putting your work out there for the validation you know like if, if you yeah. have no reactions dog like then it's not speaking to anybody yeah you know true what I mean? you can say it's uh, like self-expression but like but yeah. why would it matter like, yeah i mean yeah it also depends on what your intentions are like mm-hmm. if you want your, your your mixes to be heard and it's just not happening yeah that could be discouraging but mm-hmm. Yeah, at the end of the day, if, if you really, if you really love doing it, mm-hmm. you gotta keep pushing. Now, there'd be some times where I'm like discouraged to put out mixes because it's like there's so much out there. There's so many, so many mixes out there nowadays, and it's, mm-hmm. it's tough and it's draining. Um, but it, I mean, it is what it is, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let it discourage me too much at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, you've been doing it ten years, like <laughs> people. I'll be running into. Like younger cats that are that are starting to DJ and they be calling me OG and ah! I'm like, bro, first of all, I'm only 26. Yeah, bro. we're not much older than y'all. <laughs> I'm only 26, dog. And people are like, you OG in this game, bro. I'm like, 
shit. You don't see no gray hairs on me right, right now. Right. <laughs> Chill. Wow, they really be doing the OG. They, yeah, they be big bro with me. Out here. Damn, man. No big bro with me. <laughs> you, a vet, you a veteran. Yeah, bro. Bro. Hey, respect, dude. Respect, bro. <laughs> Fuck with you. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, I mean, you, I, dude, living in the Bay, that shit is like a magicalized place, and uh-huh. you know, like, and you rep it pretty hard, and like, yeah, what makes like the Bay so like different and like so like uh, like energizing for people? You know, like, what is it? You think? I think it's the. I mean, history will tell you, music-wise, mm-hmm. the Bay. We put ourselves on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have super big like financial backing i think it's it's just starting to now happen like this bay area wave mm. like this new bay area wave of artists and musicians like i see the bay getting love everywhere mm-hmm. uh-huh. there's so many artists outside of the bay that show love freaking drake mm-hmm. you got tyga you got yeah there's so many artists and then a lot of mainstream artists that are from the bay like yeah like kehlani g easy mm-hmm. sweetie yeah she's a new one kamaya yeah it's starting to happen and I feel like it's just starting to appreciate and that, but that's that comes from a lot of years of struggling to come up as an independent artist like one of the earliest names I can remember like E40 bro he was never really signed to like a huge ass label like that and he paved his own lane and he kind of set the the standard of what it, what it means to be a barrier artist like just get it on your own uh-huh. and I feel like that translate that translated throughout the years for a lot of musicians out and artists out in the bay bro it's just it's like a wild wild west of talent uh-huh. and it's 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 beautiful to, to witness and be a part of it too because mm-hmm. i feel like i'm in this kind of in-between generation because so yeah i'm again 26 uh-huh. and i grew up like listening to like old ass hip-hop like like tribe and hieroglyphics and all that mm-hmm. but i was still young enough to really appreciate the other lanes uh-huh. and I feel like that translated my music taste for sure just uh-huh. having a vast taste of, of the different types of music uh-huh. and that's uh, just how it's how I've grown to appreciate the music and you meet a lot of other like-minded individuals like that in the bay uh-huh. I feel like that's that creates like this otherworldly type of energy yeah no definitely and you could see it when anytime someone throws a show out there, whether it be like a music show or an art show. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful to see see all types of individuals, like all different backgrounds and colors. It's dope, dude. The Bay Area is really like no other place. I feel, I feel like the Bay Area is like the melting pot. You know what I'm saying? That it like is that. a melting yeah. pot, man. I mean, you still you still have like your your handful of, of racists around the bay. I mean, that's natural because it's just hella expensive out there. So you got like hella privileged ass people living out in the bay. But if you're if you're amongst the youth and then you really see what's going on, like there's still like this brewing like culture of creativity. Yeah. It's like crazy to witness to be honest. It's tight because like there's always like the next generation that like, kind of continues everything. Because like even after I left the bay, mm-hmm. Like, it was, me and my homies was doing shit, and then when I left the Bay, it was, like, the younger kids that couldn't, like, get into the 21 up spots, like, mm-hmm. like uh, all those younger cats in, in the East Bay, like, they started throwing their own events and yeah. shit. And I was like, dang, like, this is the type of energy, like, every city, every creative culture needs, you know? Just, like, if you can't get in the fucking club, like, just throw your own event, throw your, right? own, you throw your own art show. Because that was one of the things that came up with one of the uh, YK events was, this kid, we did the art exchange, and this kid was like, yo, like, I'm glad y'all are doing this, because everybody's events are 21 up. You can't go in, can't meet people, yeah. and shit. And I was like, and, like, it's all those, like, younger kids that that uh, that are popping now that came to these, that to the, came to that event. That's what's up. And I was like, dude, like, this like this is, like, that, like, whole, that, like, blew my mind, because I was like, dude, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, catering to, like, mm-hmm. the younger, like, the next, like, generation or whatever, yeah. the artists. And I'm like, but it's, like, really encouraging to see them just do their own thing. And yeah, dude, that's the Bay Area mentality, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, it translates. Like you're saying, E40 and shit. He yeah. just did it on his own, dude. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's tight because 
even even the people that are popping in the bay they're kind of just like regular like kalani will pop up at like just like regular events you know or like just super low-key about it too yeah it's dope and, it's, and they're, they're, they're just like kicking it in their hometown, kicking it you know and, and no one's really like nobody makes it a big deal yeah exactly that's, that's, that's what i like too like yeah when i was when i would come back to san diego and shit my homies would always ask about things i was like dang like y'all really y'all really like geek over these people like these are just like regular like those are the homies you know mm-hmm. and i think that's tight that's tight to just like have like these really successful people just like friends you know and, yeah i remember doing the show in oakland with uh jure mm-hmm. and it was just a really popping night and freaking dave Chappelle just shows up dave Chappelle and it's like him. just chilling in the crowd uh-huh. and it's like love <laughs> people just saying what's up to them no one's going too crazy it's just like shit Welcome. <laughs> in the bay. Yeah. He has a house there, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then man. I don't I don't like to name drop, but there's been some cool people at some of my did, shows. Did KB pull up or something? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Kevin Durant pulled up to uh Minna. Mm. It was one it was when I had like a cool little monthly out there. Mm. He just pulled up. I remember <laughs> it was a it's a funny ass story on how he like showed up. What, what is it? We were, me and my uh, my homies, we were by the the side entrance, right? Uh-huh. And by the side entrance, there's just the the reserved table area, uh-huh. and we were we were kicking it in that area, and all of a sudden you see like security guards kind of bringing out the the ropes, uh-huh. and they blo- they started blocking off the the table reserve area, and this was already around midnight, and they're like, what's going on? Uh-huh. And then I, I, w- I was standing right in front of the ent- the side entrance door, talking to my friend because his, his back was against it. The door opens, right? And I was in mid-conversation with him. <laughs> I stopped mid-conversation to look up. And I, under my breath, I was like, bro, that's motherfucking Kevin Durant. <laughs> no, like, he just pulled up with the quickness, dude. And he turned around. You should have seen my homie. He turned around. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That, that fool be in the streets though. He was at yeah. the the Kanye shit, like in the pit. Yeah. Right? When he first got signed, he went straight to Oakland. You can't do that shit in OKC, bro. <laughs> People wonder why he dipped. I saw I saw a video of Draymond Green. He was like at a cookout or something, or yeah. one of those like backyard parties and shit. Dude, I saw him randomly one time in Emeryville, just walking around. Oh, he went to the Apple Store. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was dope, dude. No, I like. I, like, I always loved how the Bay is just kind of a small community. You don't know who you'll see, or just like yeah, like just walking around, like in a regular day, like if I visit and I'm just like in Oakland or San Francisco, bound to see like at least one person. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just so small, and everybody just like, shows love and shit. Yeah, I think I forgot to add to the whole like, creative energy amongst the Bay Area. I think we the the whole uh, doing it on your own thing mm-hmm. to add on to that. Yeah, we, we all feel like we have a chip on our, our shoulder somewhat, as mm-hmm. you think from the Bay. Because LA is not too far from us, and when people think of Cali, most people think LA, Los mm-hmm. Angeles, and all that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the drive and like will to like try to be popping mm-hmm. translates from that, because mm-hmm. we just have this chip on our shoulder. I mean, I love Los Angeles. I don't really, I think the whole quote unquote Bay Area versus LA thing is super Shit's blown out of proportion. <laughs> it's really not that serious yeah. to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with having a chip on our shoulder. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, do you think that's going to go away anytime soon? Because Bay Area is popping now. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody talks about it. Everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. Not only just for you know like music but like basketball and like sports and shit like yeah kind of it's all encompassing like every everything part dude. of the culture silicon you know valley everyone's favorite app is probably made in the bay bro yeah <laughs> real shit <laughs> it, it's crazy uh-huh. yeah putting things in perspective like that when it comes to sports technology mm-hmm. people yeah like artists and all of that yeah like i said it's finally like blown out blown to the mainstream it's beautiful little witness as someone from the bay yeah and i think uh, i don't know like i just thought about it right now just talking about chip chip on the shoulder but uh-huh. i think i think now that the bay area got the spotlight and shit or like it's not just la anymore mm-hmm. for for california definitely feel like san diego might be like coming up on that just because i think Word. san diego does have a chip on his shoulders 
kind of just you know like LA's ugly sister like, type shit. You know like, what I mean? Yeah. And there's just so much talent and like mm-hmm. uh, the the community and like the the energy and the receptiveness of the community is kind of like opening up. It's not just super exclusive anymore. Because I think that's one of the things that was holding it back is just like too many different groups and then too many different groups being like only exclusively catering to their own group. You know? And I, I, I mean, I, I kind of saw that in the Bay for a little bit, but. That I think Bayer's just really good at like breaking those walls down every time. Like, yeah, you know, I agree. Just everybody, everybody's a homie, dude. It's like the way I like to see it is like when, like when I visit and we all go to like Dolores Park. Like you see like so all many the, different all social circles, different circles. But then everybody's just like homies already, yeah. even when they just met. And I was like, damn, bro, like this, this shit is tight. Like, like nobody cares that you don't, you don't do music or like. Or you just you have like a regular nine to five, but you're one of the homies, you know. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of snobbery going no, on, you know. No. That shit is tight to it's me. Cool, bro. Yeah, a lot of different social circles, man. It looks like the, the Olympic logo. <laughs> everyone just links up. BBL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you when you uh, texted me and like about doing the podcast and you tweeted about it, mm-hmm. like what what was going? What were you trying to to talk about? For future DJs, because you mainly wanted to talk about music and stuff and DJing. So, what what kind of stuff do you think uh, you you could pass on to these like next kids or people doing it now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you got a lot of thoughts. Okay, at the yeah, time. I'm gonna start off with not cutting any corners. It's easy to like buy a controller and just plug and play without really knowing the ins and outs of the quote-unquote technology behind DJing. A lot of people I know that DJ, they don't they don't even know how to set up their own equipment. Yeah. They think they just could bring a USB cable and just plug in and mm. not know how to troubleshoot. Troubleshooting is very key, especially if you're gonna start doing shows live. Mm. Learn how to troubleshoot your shit. It's, unless you're gonna look like a fool up on stage. No, dude, that shit happened to me and it took like 15 extra yeah. minutes to set up. And it's so nerve-wracking, it's right? Look. And everyone's yeah. just kind of like waiting around and the, the energy's been lost. Especially like if someone was on just right before you, mm-hmm. right? It's the worst. So learn how to troubleshoot your uh-huh. shit. <laughs> Even if you think it's just easy as, uh, yeah, plugging your USB and like good to go. Like know, know what to do if you don't hear a sound come, if you don't hear, uh, if nothing's like playing back. Mm-hmm. Know the little tricks like, uh, uh, man, there's, there's so many things, man. But I, I, you know what I did? I, I learned how to, I think I learned how to set up all my own equipment because I, I used to do hella mobile gigs. Mm-hmm. I feel like not a lot of people do mobile gigs like that. They just go to venues that already have a setup ready mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. But I learned how to set up like all the wirings, the different types of connections like XLR, quarter inch, uh, RCA, and how to translate all of that into having the the best sound possible with the equipment that you have. Uh Um, That's how I learned. And I learned how to troubleshoot because, especially using turntables, Mm -hmm. turntables sometimes are a bitch. Very problematic. Yeah, I mean, that's why I can't blame people for having controllers because one, they're cheaper. Too, it's just easy it's an easy ass setup yeah and you don't have to worry about fucking up your needles uh-huh. uh, like shit getting hella dusty yeah you know what i mean it's like it's pretty low maintenance yeah exactly just yeah. don't spill shit on it yeah um yeah so okay so troubleshooting uh stage presence like mm. we were talking about earlier your body language really translates to the crowd mm. your crowd will feed off you mm. so if you're hella stagnant and like tight yeah. and like looking like nervous people aren't really gonna fuck with you like uh-huh. that they might because they're trying to be nice but uh-huh. just learn how to fake it <laughs> fake the confidence man seriously it's, it's such a social craft you know what i mean yeah You're playing oh, for, for people yeah like, you know it's not like past like <clears throat> past setting up your shit like in like doing and practicing in your room like everything is kind of a social interaction after that mm-hmm. you know yeah um what else Try not to get too trashed if you if you know you're DJing. <laughs> yeah. No one likes a sloppy ass DJ. Mm-hmm. At least I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, man? What's something you've always wanted to to know? Like, as it, whether it be performing live or making a mix. Mm. 
I guess another thing is practice your transitions. Like try not yeah, to rely yeah. on like effects too much. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that or just try to get more creative with mixing. Like I don't want to get. I don't want to be too technical. Uh-huh. I don't know how it's going to translate on the podcast, but. There's different ways to transition songs and just it's not just that, one way. So it's not just like fading is what I'm saying. It's just like yeah, that's yeah. kind of like an easy one. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah, turn yeah. Turn the or, shit down a little bit. You know, or you don't always have to start a song from the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Like let's say the song has like a fire ass bridge. Uh-huh. Like, when I play when if if I ever play front end, I'd uh-huh. never really start from the beginning. Uh-huh. I start off the bridge. Uh-huh. When Pharrell goes oh boom 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 boom, <laughs> it's the bridge. Like yeah. people fuck with that bridge. Or the bridge in Rock Your Body, uh-huh. Justin Timberlake. I, if I if I transition, I, I I go to the bridge and then I'll bring it. I'll start from the beginning after. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it's easy to get creative with songs if you really just listen to a song thorough. I, I, that's what I do when I make mixes. Uh-huh. I listen to a song the whole way through, and I just pick the best parts to transition into. Uh-huh. Sometimes the the best part of of a song is not in the beginning. How many? How many? Uh, how long does it? <clears throat> take to make a mix because i mean if you fuck up once like you gotta start over right so uh it depends depends that's some people can do live recordings uh, that's how i used to do all my or i still do all my old mixes um the ones with the jury we kind of have to like uh, cut and record in parts just because we're collabing uh-huh. and uh, we're adding skits and all that too and that that leaves a lot of room for creativity too if you're if you're not just doing one take uh-huh. um but uh, yeah, when I first started doing mixes, it was all one take. So if I fucked up like 45 minutes in, I'd, I'd redo that shit. Bro. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that helped me do live shows. Uh-huh. Because when I did live shows, it was just doing, I was like, this is cake. <laughs> I've been had the pressure on me to like not fuck up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually a good way to practice is record something live and mm-hmm. try not to fuck up. <laughs> yeah. How, like, if you're not getting reached out to for gigs, like, how do you go about getting gigs? That's a good question. Um, kind of just, I, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it is who you know. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to, like, go to events. Go to go to the events that you want to eventually spin at. Mm-hmm. Shake hands. Yeah. Like, make sure people see your face and, and remember you. Uh-huh. And you don't have to be on some shit like, yo, put me on, yeah. yo. <laughs> Straight up, like, keep it casual. Like, be friends first. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And and uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. That's that's probably the the best way to do it. Is, like, go go to the shows that you want eventually want to spin at. Mm-hmm. Meet the people. Try to meet the people that are organizing it. Mm-hmm. Follow them on Instagram after. Make sure you message them the day after. Like, yo, it was good meeting you. Mm-hmm. Follow up. Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking job interview, bro. No, I mean, yeah, it's just, that's just good business. The follow up is yeah. super important, and just like. Like I was telling, I was telling somebody, this younger kid, I was like, dude, like, you you might you might be shy or something, but you just need to keep showing up, and then people are gonna start recognizing you. Yeah. And then like if if you if you're consistent with your work and shit, then people are gonna start noticing you and make connecting the dots. Like, oh, this is the fool that shows up, you know? Yeah. Like, all these shows. I mean that that's kind of like how I got a bunch of opportunities, just going to art shows, mm. and then eventually I'd be invited to do art shows, and then I'd meet people there. Then it would lead to just like freelance gigs. So it's just yeah. like this ripple effect of just get. Yeah, so you said go to the places that you want to be at, you know, mm-hmm. or that you want to people you want to work with, like be where they are. And yeah. it's not just. I mean, social media plays a lot, a big role in it, but that's not the only thing. And yeah, I feel like it. I feel like showing up in just like in person is a lot. It'll kind of foster more genuine connections. True. Rather than just like some superficial internet shit. Real shit. A lot of the shows that I still get to this day are just off something, just being friendly to some guy. You know what I mean? Like just being, I I didn't even know they threw shows or whatever, but I'm just, you just gotta be a genuinely good person, bro. (laughs) Because if you could be a popping artist, but if you have a shitty personality, people ain't gonna fuck with you like that. Yeah, but like, yeah, it would probably be like a, a one-off thing. Like, oh, let's do, like, let's just let's just let this just play, and then fucking yeah. asshole. Like, you, we don't have to like hire him again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's how it works sometimes. Like with clients and shit. I'm like, dude, like this process sucked, man. Like, they, <laughs> I got my check, but I don't have to work with them after. So yeah, I think that kind of translates to that. Yeah. So yeah, shake shake hands. Go to the shows that you eventually want to play at. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And don't try to come off hella thirsty for gays, True. man. That could easily be a turnoff. Uh-huh. Um, you, you, you can tell when someone's trying to come up to you on some, like, put me on type shit. And uh, no, one, no one likes that type of shit. <laughs> and, like, I, I know you, you, you out here trying to hustle, and, like, that's good. I like that drive. But th- there's a proper etiquette mm-hmm. to, to, like, uh, approach someone that yeah. you eventually want to have to take under your wing or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like we're talking about, there's more genuine ways to go about it. Or just like building something first, not just ask for something off top. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think that's also super important. Like if people, because I was talking to somebody, they're like, oh, you're like overthinking like these these things. And I'm like, yo, I think you're not thinking enough. Because like exactly. as a creative or as someone who can like provide like a service or something mm-hmm. or, or whatever, like you and someone who's done it for super long like you've done it for 10 years i've done i've done design and shit for like 10 years yeah i'm like throughout my experiences i'm like yo i just had to be hyper aware like of people's intentions like oh like is this gonna (laughs) is this gonna is this a proper like connection that i'm making Mm -hmm. or is this like or am i gonna get used up you know Mm -hmm. or like some shit like personal life and fucking professional life you know because because professional life uh, your your personal life can like drain you and then you won't have time or the energy to do like the shit that you like you exactly know? so i think sure. i think that's super important like you were saying <clears throat> just kind of just almost like reading the room you know yes yeah. i don't think it's overthinking that um another thing is if no one's trying to put you on put yourself on throw your yeah. own shows yeah yeah and but make sure you're good like a lot of people i feel are reaching for the stars too much uh-huh. and they, they try not to some it's baby steps. Yeah, shows, man. It's. I know people are trying to like spin at ten fifteen. It wasn't until my seventh, eighth year into DJing that I actually got to be able to spin at some of my favorite venue. Uh, I said that. Um, yeah, I've been DJing for ten years, and I'm finally starting to think that I'm starting to like really break through with mm-hmm. some. Uh, I'm starting to cross some things off the list that I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it was just a matter of staying patient and hungry mm-hmm. and doing the little things in the meantime until those big opportunities arise so you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Almost like almost like paying your dues and shit, you know, you just kind of... Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. People don't want, people want to cut that corner. Yeah. Where it's like a very necessary corner to not only get the shows that you want, but be respected for it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I mean, you could say someone's being salty about someone that like, gets a, a show that's like you think that's too big for them mm-hmm. there there is some some truth behind that saltiness whether or not you want to admit it like do they really deserve that mm-hmm. and especially knowing especially if you've seen them live before and it's just like okay that's when the the internet clout <laughs> seriously though it's yeah. it's unfortunate especially if you're a promoter trying to book a venue uh-huh. and you're trying to like fill it out it is what it is mm-hmm. but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story yeah, like you can definitely tell that some sometimes it's like this person just knew the right person and yeah. got this gig, you know. But that translates onto the onto the floor because you be seeing those DJs that they'll they'll post the, the, the on their story or on Instagram like how popping their event was. Mm-hmm. Like, were they there to see you, or was that, or is it just because it's the crowd already? Yeah, you know? that's why. I, that that's a good that's good advice too. You want to go to sh- you want to be happy about the shows that you can actually fill out on your own mm-hmm. the shows that you get because you just knew the right person like those are good too and it's cool to like spin for a full room but don't let that get to your head mm-hmm. like recognize when people are there to see you and recognize when the venue was just a popping venue mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying be happy about the ones that you could really fill out i had i didn't have my first like headlining show in sf until the beginning of this year mm-hmm. and i didn't really know what to expect and it wasn't at it was at some random ass venue it wasn't even like a poppin ass venue or whatever mm-hmm. and i filled that shit out and that shit was real How'd that fucking feel? tight bro. <laughs> yeah i didn't know i had pull like that and it was just it was just amazing to witness bro mm-hmm. and that that's even though it wasn't a poppin venue just the fact that there was just hella people there and a lot of them were there to see me it was it was like amazing dog mm-hmm. shit was tight as hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's way yeah like you're saying it's more fulfilling like if, if 
if you're the reason why all these exactly. people are out, you know, like, that's that. Those are the shows you need to strive for. Like, I know, but until then, paying your dues is very necessary. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta I'm play so many and openers and, and closers, you know, man. And then you'll be the headliner Dude, eventually. You don't know how many empty rooms I've DJed, for, mm -hmm. man. And I still be doing it from time to time, and like, it's I feel like it's good for me. Mm -hmm. for main keeps you on main grounded. Hey, be humble. <laughs> Humble and wholesome, 28. Humble and wholesome, you know. <laughs> but we still here for the bad vision. Never lost. If you was if you was there last night, you was there last night. You yeah, see, I see. Got, and that's the last thing I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we about to do it again tonight at uh, Hiding Real Freak. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I mean, if there's anything else you want to talk about, we can talk about it. I don't know. Yeah, this shit I mean, might cut out again. Let's see. So we think? talked about uh, proper way to get gigs. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what else did we talk about? Oh, um, oh, tips. I guess we could add more onto the tip thing besides what troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. um, oh, make sure you go to your sound check. <laughs> <laughs> That'll eliminate a lot of stress. Yeah, a lot of people. Quick, it fucking works and shit. Be surprised about people that I've never even heard about soundtracks. Uh -huh. I remember one time, no, I'm not gonna name <laughs> any names, bro. But uh, this person was like, who was on the same bill as me. Uh -huh. like, what time are you gonna go? I was like, oh, I gotta go early for sound check. You go to you. What time's your sound check? Uh -huh. This person was like, what's that? <laughs> like, and this was someone that just you know the plug and play uh -huh. type shit, and you just. I know that that stuff doesn't really get out into the public sometimes, but the people that are within the circle just know, and that dude, word spreads. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And any any arts community, you know, yeah, people be knowing. People just be knowing. It's just like it's not a good look sometimes. <laughs> like, whether or not, I mean, like you still getting shows, and that's cool, but man, that's it's it's uh, word, word spreads, man. If if you don't know what you're doing, oh, yeah, the streets talk. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Streets stay listening because I got shooters out here on every corner. <laughs> no, that's real shit. That's real yeah. shit. So, just, yeah, all in all, don't cut corners when it comes to DJing. Like, make sure you know the ins and outs of all of your equipment, mm -hmm. your, your whatever software you're using. Be nice to everyone you meet, especially the like, promoters, the freaking barbacks, the security. Mm -hmm. Be hella cool with them. Don't be on some flex shit to anyone, dude. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, shit, shit comes back full circle. And mm -hmm. It's gonna bite you in the ass, right? Yeah, for real. Hey man, some people just doing their jobs. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Can't, and can't help it. Yeah. And pay your dues. Don't try to dive into the deep end uh -huh. if you if if you ain't ready for it. Well, at the end of the day, streets is listening, universe is listening. You know, mm -hmm. put that, put put what you want out in the universe type yeah, shit. Yeah, go get yours. Go get yours, but the right way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one one last thing. Okay, right, I know. I think this might be a good one. Hopefully, this shit don't cut out. But uh, unpopular opinion. What is? What's your unpopular opinion that you'd like to share? Unpopular today? opinion. Yeah, it could be anything. I'll put this. Put this on Instagram as a caption earlier. Uh huh. Okay. Ketchup does not belong on hot dogs, bro. Really? It does not. What? It does but not. But why? It's it doesn't taste good, dude. Mustard. Look at the look at the emoji for the hot dog. It's bro. There's it's only mustard, mustard on it. Bro. You don't see no type of ketchup on there. You put you put ketchup on your eggs. Yeah. On I don't I don't not like ketchup. I, I love ketchup. Yeah, but, but, it, but it doesn't go hot dog. Do you put on spam? Hell yeah. Okay. I'm not much of a I'm not much of a ketchup spam person. What else? The only thing that belongs to hot dogs, mustard, onions, sauerkraut. If you like jalapenos, cool. relish to overpowering. <laughs> At that point, you're just having a bowl of relish with a side of hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I take I take whatever the uh, the street dog lady gives me outside of ten fifteen, man. You put you, you put mayo on your shit. If she puts it on there, I'll take it. Cool off mayo. On hot dogs, <laughs> I don't really be into mayo like that. Mm, yeah. I mayo? Nah, no, I don't really get. The only mayo I fuck with is uh, 
Oh, Nations cheeseburgers, bro. Still never been. What? Never been. They got, they got the pies, right? Or something yes. like that? I still never Dude, been. Dude, that's a Next, Bay Area staple. A, bro, I've been trying to knock off all these Bay Area you staples. You never been to Nations, Nations, dog. I've never gotten the Lucky Chances. Oh, my shit. God. Bruh, Don't get me started. This is a whole nother podcast, bro. <laughs> we, we have to have, have a part two. Extended yeah. cut. I told you, man. <laughs> we have to have a part two just talking about all food, <laughs> Like, the food etiquette, ins and outs of food. <laughs> no ketchup on hot dogs. That's my unpopular opinion. Wow, okay, dude. I never heard that before. Do you know who also agrees with me? Who? Rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain, bro. There was an episode. He said that? Yeah. He said, do not have, don't put ketchup on hot dogs. I was like, that's my boy. <laughs> that's why he's my boy. <laughs> R.I.P. But, <laughs> okay, so where, where, can, uh, where can the listeners and shit find you? Okay. Yeah. Plug like you so. Um, my Instagram is just straight up DJ Ghana. My Twitter is uh, 3Ds, mm-hmm. J Agana, mm-hmm. and then my SoundCloud is DJ Dash Agana. I mean, I wish everything was the same, <laughs> but it'd be like that sometimes. You got any gigs coming up soon? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got one. Yeah, I got one at Echoplex tonight. Oh, see? I've always wanted to see <laughs> Echo Place, man. I'm so the happy I finally day, get to spin bro. there, dude. I remember when I lived out here in SoCal, uh-huh. and I would go to Echo Plex uh-huh. just just as a as an attendee, uh-huh. and I was just, man, I gotta spin here. Now, one now you the talent, and it's finally happening. Now you the talent, bro. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Space Bar in San Diego tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one in Oakland, or no, Berkeley on the July twenty. First, I want to say okay, and then I got my first. Oh, we might have to edit that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah true, nah, true, it's true. unannounced. Yeah, yeah, still. true, true, true. <laughs> I edit that out. For sure. Yeah. Um, what else is there? I mean, uh, I guess that's it for the t- this talk with uh the DJ DJ Gun. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying you're gonna see him play tonight. Uh, other than that, no real new announcements. Still doing those classes, workshops, San Diego starts July 15th. Uh, first courses are photo slash video and audio production. So you'll get audio production, you learn how to DJ, uh, produce uh, beats, uh, how to start a podcast, and what's the fourth one? Uh, oh, how to be a songwriter. And for photo video, intro to photo, image editing, video editing, and how to develop your short film. I'm probably gonna be in all those classes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're doing shit for San Diego community. Come out for that. Sign up for some classes. Uh, more podcasts coming soon. We in LA. You know, it's lit out here. It's hot as fuck. Just get it. Hot as fuck. It's one and one hundred something. Just right get now. it, y'all. Know, <laughs> you know, it's a Bartier. Bartier. Yeah, here rocking Bartier glasses, y'all. You know <laughs> But that's it. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.